This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And we're going to get started with a few thank yous to some of our more recent donors. And if we haven't gotten to you, we will soon. But special thanks to Brent S., Madhup J., Sarah M., Peter and Kathy, Megan B., Sasha D., Nancy G., Sherry D., Daniel F., and Daniel L. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, everyone. And we are coming to you. In the same room as each other. I know. It's been like a year. It it's genuinely weird. has been a year. Dottie has just been following around Hemet, like her long-lost best friend, even though he has made it abundantly clear he's not like into her vibe. Not at all. She hears it. <laughs> um, she's genuinely just walking around the house making noises because she's so happy. It's, <laughs> it would be very cute if we weren't recording right now. It's more human contact or animal <laughs> contact than I've had in a long time. So I was taking a walk this morning because like, Nice day out. There's no one at home that I got to take care of. Well, Dr. Fauci told us we have to take a walk every yeah. day. So. so I'm like, what time can I go that no, I'm not going to have to do any work or anything? And it's like, oh, late afternoon, the news dies down. All is good. Today, I was like, I know we're going to record. So you know what? I'll go in the morning. Uh-huh. I did everything I need to do. So I'll just go for like an hour and everything will be fine. And as I'm halfway through, like, <laughs> alert, alert, alert from 97 different sources saying Liberty University is suing Jerry Falwell Jr. I was one of those sources that I just immediately like got a, a push notification and just screen grabbed it and sent it to him and like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. And you didn't usually <clears throat> usually when I send you things like that, you're like, oh, I kind of had an inkling that this was coming. Yeah. This was not the case. No, this is something that we're taping this on Friday afternoon. This was filed on Thursday night, I think. And oh. so like the journalist didn't even really get a hold of it until this morning. But here's what Liberty University is mad about in general. They're suing Falwell for ten million dollars and Basically, here's the idea. Their lawsuit says Jerry Falwell Jr. breached his contract with them. He misled the school's board. He concealed his alcohol problem. Uh It's a whole variety of things that said we were paying you to run this school and you were hiding things from us that we should have known in order to judge you accurately. One example is like they renegotiated his contract that basically said... If you fire me, here's what severance package I would get. Um, Knowing full well he was doing the sort of things that would get him fired fired, and not telling the board about it. Uh And by the way, his severance package is $10.5 million. So, haha. Whoa. I've gotten fired a lot and I've never gotten (laughs) $10.5 million. If you could run a Christian university, you're all set for life. I could do it. Just call me. I'm sure I'd be very good at it. (laughs) You wouldn't be worse than Falwell, though. That's That's what I'm saying. If we're just giving white dudes the opportunity to fuck things up, give me an opportunity to fuck (laughs) things up. Equality. So if you need a reminder, because this is just, it's been almost six months now of not, maybe more, of just nonstop scandal Mm -hmm. involving Falwell. Let me give you a really quick rundown of this. This is a guy who's starting in August. That's how recent this was. August wasn't forever ago. Early August, he posts a picture on Instagram with his fly unzipped and his belly out and his hand holding what he called black water or something. Oh boy, I forgot about that. His arm around a woman who wasn't his wife. And that was like the mild scandal, it turned out. He got caught liking photos on like 
Instagram or something of young women who, some of whom I think were Liberty students, like on the beach or something. Like, that's creepy. Then, then we find out that this guy he had a real estate deal with, which always sounded shady, uh, a.k.a. the pool boy, Giancarlo Granda, he told Reuters that I've been sleeping with Becky Falwell, Jerry's wife, for many, many years, and Jerry's been in the corner watching us. Oh, yeah. And then we find out Becky Falwell has been, like, seducing boys on campus um, which sounds more scandalous than it's like it's creepy and wrong. Yeah, because the guys weren't asking for it, and it was and weird. I, were they were they of age? I can't remember. They were of age. Okay. That wasn't the issue. But it's also like you're not only an older woman. I don't know. Right. You're the president of the school's right. wife. There's a little bit of a power imbalance there. I'd yeah, say. Yeah, and the power imbalance. And then Falwell resigned from Liberty. And then weeks later, he fell down the stairs because he got hammered, and she called nine one one about that. Boy, um, it's all coming back to me. I know. I'm like Celine Dion And then, right then we get to like October. We're only in October. We're only in October. It. Jerry Falwell sues Liberty for defamation. He sues Liberty for making him look bad. Yeah. And it's like, buddy, have you seen the headlines? Yeah. yeah. That was you. Yeah. Um, and then by December, he dropped the lawsuit. Um, which of course he did. He had no case. So was, this isn't a countersuit. This is its own. This is its own little thing. Lawsuit. Because yeah, now yesterday Liberty is suing him, and they actually have arguably legit claims to be mad at him about. I don't know how it'll go down, but um, I'm I'm thoroughly amused. Love By the way, love to see them fight. Yesterday, Thursday, I believe. Uh-huh. Liberty confirmed that Jerry Falwell's son, Trey, who was working at the school as an administrator, was no longer working there. I don't know how those things are connected or if they're connected. But but like Falwell was in the news again yesterday with Liberty because they're like, yeah, we did get rid of his son. Um, and now this. How many university presidents, presidents can you name, let alone hear about them in headlines all the time? Like, I don't even know Ball State's president, and I think they just emailed me today. Yeah, yeah. I, I could not tell you the president of my alma mater yeah. right now. Because no, it's not relevant. No. But at Liberty, he's like the, he's his name is synonymous. His dad right. founded the school. Um, ima- I, I've said this before, but imagine how effed up you have to be to be the embarrassing Jerry Falwell. Because yeah. his father was the guy that blamed 9-11 on lesbians. Sure. Which, to be fair, they earned. <laughs> no, but it really, it, oh, it's so Like, imagine bad. being known for that after you die. That's one of the lines in the first paragraph of your obituary. Ugh. And then your own son is like, oh, no, that's nothing. I got, I got this. <laughs> hold my beer. So or, we'll, excuse me, hold my dark water. Yeah, yeah exactly. Damn so it, that would have been funny if I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> so there's liberties. There's the news out of liberty. Today, um, okay. I wanted I wanted to talk about something that's relatively serious, and which I've gotten backlash for. And normally, I wouldn't care, except this one bothered me more. So, Richard Dawkins this week he starts tweeting. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to read you his tweet, and then we're going to break this thing down line by line. Um, this is I can't remember what prompted this, but this is a standalone tweet. In 2015, Rachel Dolezal, a white chapter president of the NAACP, was vilified for identifying as black. Some men choose to identify as women, and some women choose to identify as men. You will be vilified. 
if you deny that they literally are what they identify as, discuss. That's the tweet. I can't believe Richard Dawkins has been reduced to being like the debate me motherfucker in a Facebook (laughs) thread. You know, like it's, I have such complicated feelings about Richard Dawkins because I do think that his, like the shit he wrote, the things he did, he changed people's views on religion in the nineties, right? Like, God delusion. Religion, oh, the aughts, yeah. Yeah, okay. But science and evolution in the yeah, I've read, 70s, 80s, 90s. And I read his book, Greatest Show on Earth, which is about evolution, which is incredible. Like, he is a very, he's a gifted uh, science communicator who got a platform and was able to talk about atheist issues when people really weren't able to do that. However, we sort of, as a movement so to speak and it's always tricky right like it's always tricky to call like the atheism movement because we're just like a bunch of knuckleheads wandering around trying to not get in people's way about their own religion so it is we've just passed him by he is no longer it's like jk rowling they both kind of gave us these works that were very useful and very formulative to many 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 people and then they've either gotten so famous that they have sort of lost the an accountability network around them, or they've always been terrible bigots, and this is just the first time we're hearing about them. I'll let you guess which one it is. I don't. Um, but yeah, this sucks. It's disheartening. It is divisive for no reason. It's bad faith, this whole... I mean, obviously he said discuss. He didn't say debate me, but like... That is what it is to be a woman on the internet. It's like you exist and some dude is like, debate me about this thing. Like, no, I'm not going to debate whether somebody's existence is valid or not. That's actually not part of it. That's not up for discussion. The thing that I got pushback for is I felt like he was denying the basic humanity of trans people. And people said, disagree with him if you want, but he's not dehumanizing trans people. But I don't know what to make of that statement if it's not dehumanizing. And I'll I'll try to justify it. But also, to get to your point, it is so weird that one of the best long-form science communicators Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. is also one of the worst (laughs) short-form communicators ever. Like, it's Trumpian in that I just want to, like, call his assistant and be like, just, like, turn off the Wi-Fi on his phone, <laughs> let him just, like, write things, and then think he tweeted them out, and then never think about them well, again. So, first, I want to be like, a trans person is not a man choosing to identify right. as a woman. That, already, you're denying who they are. Right. That's not right. what a trans person is. They didn't wake up one day and say, let me decide what clothes to put on yeah. today. That's literally the right-wing interpretation of what a trans person is. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Is that, like, when people frame things like this, it is giving value to right-wing talking points, which they're not. And, and we fall into that all the time On as people on the left. We see it in fucking Democratic debates. And right-wing people retweeted this and quoted, and they're like, yeah, this guy's on our side. Like, come on, man. It's- You're giving them fodder. And Rachel Dolezal, by the way, who, if you need a refresher there, she passed herself off as black when people called her black, like Mm -hmm. she didn't deny it. And it was only when she was confronted, like, your parents are both white. She's like, your point? You're white. And then she's like, well, I self-identify as black. And that's a different debate to be had. But the point is, 
she was lying mm-hmm. about like what that means right. in order to get ahead in that world where being black could give her a boost. And <laughs> and trans people are not lying by no, comparing God, those no. by comparing those racism mm-hmm. to transphobia or whatever it is, those two worlds, he's suggesting trans people are lying about one thing just like she lied about something. Right. And if you don't accept their lie, then you will be vilified. Like, there's no comparison. These are two very different things. Well, and the problem with the trans community isn't that people are going after them and are wrongly vilified and witch-hunted. It's that the trans community is almost, like, is in danger almost perpetually just by being who they are. So, like, us debating whether they're allowed to exist or whatever is not helpful and in fact it's quite quite harmful i didn't like the language he used of they're choosing to identify identify they're not they're correcting a mistake if and if he spoke with trans people and he would tell you he's worked with them but clearly not closely enough Mm -hmm. because i don't know all the trans people i've talked to would tell would make it very clear like i was born wrong they assigned me the wrong gender i'm fixing that now yeah um it's not choosing to identify Mm -hmm. as something i'm not it's being true to myself yeah actually and and it's really interesting that this is coming up because i'm right i've been doing some copywriting for a a medical um community excuse me a medical hospital system is the word i was looking for a hospital system in our area and i'm fixing i'm redoing some of the web pages and part of it was updating their like facial plastics um stuff and at one point like a doctor had crossed out like facial feminization like parentheses trans surgery and replaced it with gender affirming surgery and like Mm -hmm. everybody in the fucking medical community is up to date not everybody that's not fair but like people in the medical community are bringing themselves up to date like he's just regressing points that have been trodden and are not important and are harmful and i'm fucking sick of it i should say american atheists put out a statement they have no connection or affiliation to dawkins other than dawkins is like the go-to atheist for a lot of reporters but they put out a statement that they explicitly said is written by one of our trans staffers Mm. which basically i don't have it in front of me but it it criticized dawkins for what he said the American Humanist Association basically echoed it. The mm-hmm. Secular Human, uh, Secular Coalition for America echoed what AA put out there. The Center for Inquiry, which has a lot of staffers I really like. Mm-hmm. It's an organization I like. But they're the ones who merged with the Dawkins Foundation. They, uh. they run his stuff. He's on their board. They have been conspicuously silent, which... I don't know what the discussions are behind the scenes, but that's disappointing. Yeah. And I w- I'm not blaming the staff because, again, I know them. I know how they feel about sure. this stuff, too. Well, it's an but, impossible place he's put them in. Yes. And I want them to say something, too. It's not my decision, ultimately. But, again, uh, the problem here is, uh, look, Dawkins isn't our god. We don't. He doesn't owe us anything. We don't owe him anything. Right. But it is disappointing when... Someone you admire for the reasons we talked about, because mm-hmm. his books about science are really amazing. Yeah. Um, it's just disappointing that he's perpetuating these right-wing, bullshit, mm-hmm. transphobic talking points. Well, and it's another instance that I see all the time of, you know, cishet white guys wanting to make people's identity into an intellectual exercise. Yeah. And that's not What's fair What's there to discuss? Helpful. It's nothing worth discussing. His last... 
Tw- yeah, the last word in his tweet is like discuss, discuss. Like, what discuss what this isn't. We're not your fucking like biology one hundred and two lecture hall. Like, I literally got an email from someone who said I'm going to write an article in a secular publication mm-hmm. um, defending Dawkins on this, and I wanted to know if you. Which okay, that that's problem one. Yeah, but he basically said, "Do you want to do a back and forth where we have our points and hash them out?" And I wrote him back, and I'm like, no, because there's nothing to debate here. Nor nor are you the person who should be the, like, white knight of trans rights. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Why would they ask you? No offense. You're very smart, I guess. But, like, (laughs) I don't think you're the person I would go to for, like, insight in the world of trans experience. As you should not. Um, I barely look at you for the inside of male experience. Thank you. And that was my favorite part about that is after I said no. Um, that was followed up with, so when are we doing an interview about another project he has coming out? And I'm like, we're, we're not now. This isn't, yeah. I'm not interested. Well, and that's the problem is people are so flippant about this kind of thing. Yeah. Of like, oh. oh, it's not a big thing to disagree about, so we can just let it go. But like, sorry, if you're anti-trans, if you are like using the trans community either as a punching bag or as a debate tactic, I don't think we have a lot in common and I don't think we need to work together. It, you know, a lot of the stuff I tend to post, which is church state separation issues and whatnot, I mean, there's not a lot of backlash I get from my mostly atheist followers. Right. But on this one in particular, there were definitely two camps about this online and a lot of, of course, Dawkins defenders on this particular subject. And I'm not, again, I, I have no desire to fight these people on Twitter of all places, mm-hmm. but it was amazing to me both the number of atheists with substantive followings who were right on board with saying, fuck you, what are you saying, Dawkins? Um, And the number of people with, (laughs) I say this derisively and I know it's mean, which is like the number of people with no profile pictures and very few followers (laughs) who are very adamant about having this fight. Back in the day. Remember when your your Twitter profile was an egg? The people who haven't generated any attention because no one wants to follow them are (laughs) very eager to to pick a fight on this. Um, And by the way, I should say, I do I have it in front of I'll I'll find this. Dawkins issued like a day later Um, a follow-up tweet on that first one where he said, this is two days later. Uh, I'll quote this as he wrote it. I do not intend to disparage trans people. I see that my academic discuss question has been misconstrued as such, and I deplore this. It was also not my intent to ally in any way with Republican bigots in the U.S. now exploiting this issue Okay, fine. Like, I'm, I get that you don't want to be used by the right wing, which he opposes. Yeah. Um, but even though they totally used it for their advantage. But also, what is there to discuss? I still don't know what yeah. he wants us to discuss. Yeah. Are trans people lying? Like, no, that's not a discussion to have. That is falling into those right wing tropes. Yeah, and all of that shit is the the legwork he should have done before posting something like that, you know? Yes. like I know you don't have to think long and hard before you tweet, right. but if you're going to tweet something like that... And if you have a platform like that, yes. it's, it's irresponsible. It's an unwritten rule that if enough people follow you, you should think a little bit before you tweet. Yeah, and, and when somebody points out that... Because I, I think the other thing is people are... 
their hackles are immediately up when somebody says says, "Oh, you got this wrong." Especially if they're a fundamentally smart person like Richard Dawkins, who's used to being smartest guy in the room, which yes. is an exhausting personality trait anyway. <laughs> and so they have this thing that if somebody pushes back on a thing, like I don't blame Richard Dawkins for not understanding the depth and nuance of trans issues. I barely do, and I'm working really hard on it. Um, but like, oh God, I don't know, like. I completely lost my train he of has, I'm so he, mad at him. He has another book coming out soon. And normally that'd be the sort of thing that would be very little effort on my part to say, hey, he has a book out. You yeah. should check it out. And now it's like, I genuinely I'm don't want anything him. to do with this guy. Yeah. And again, he owes me nothing. Like, whatever. I liked some of his books. I could say that about a lot of people yeah, whose we, work I no longer like. Yeah, we both met him. He was perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, it's just, well, you interviewed him, right? I, or introduced him. Or, I've anyway, it doesn't matter. known him. I've communicated with him right. for almost two decades in various capacities. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pretend to think he knows me or anything like sure. that. But I definitely have worked with a lot of people who work closely with him. Right. And again, the silence on these sort of things. And I should say, this is not like a tweet that came out of nowhere because he's done this before. Let me read you something. Um, this is something he wrote in 2015. Another tweet. Is trans woman a woman? Question mark. 2015? 2015. Purely semantic. If you define by chromosomes, no. If by self-identification, yes. I call her she out of courtesy. Oh, you're so fucking brave, Dawkins. <laughs> I, oh my God. The thing is, first of all, gender and sex are different things. Gender is a spectrum. All of that, you and I know, and generously we're idiots. And he <laughs> he's a fucking biologist or a zoologist or something. He should understand the difference. That is the, that is the response that pissed me off the most that I didn't respond to, which was, excuse me, he is a world-famous biologist. Yeah. Therefore, he would know about this. What do you know about this, blogger? It's like, you don't need to be an expert in any of this to understand basic humanity. Yeah, and... Like, I would say gender identity falls much more into, like, anthropological studies than and cultural studies than it does for biology, because that's just not how and any the thing of this is, works. It's not just Dawkins. It's all the, the Dawkins-adjacent scientists and atheists with large platforms mm-hmm. who all seem to take on this same framing of these issues, where it's like, you know, I oppose the religious right. Right. But on this issue. Right. Like, let me tell you about this article on Quillette that I saw. It's like, I it's what that all. Is, but I bet it was funny. Yeah, sure it was. What's Quillette? You don't want to know. Oh, okay. Um, but it's all the same people espousing the same, like, contrarian. Like, they're so used to being the opposite of the public when mm-hmm. it comes to God. Mm-hmm. And they suddenly get this idea that I must be against the public in everything. The public is wrong about LGBTQ people. Let me talk about that. And and, and on top of that, it is a, a sense of I am used to being right because I have done my research and I have a wealth of knowledge in biology or whatever. However, sometimes when you're always the smartest guy in the room, you confuse your opinions for a fact, if that makes sense. You're just so used to being like, well, when I say this, it's supported by X. But then you say things that are supported by nothing, but still have the same amount of confidence that like, well, if I said it, I know me, I'm very smart indeed. And it's, and that's a huge problem with like men in general is this sort of like, well, this thing is bad because I don't like it as opposed to like, 
maybe this thing wasn't for me or I don't understand this thing and it's out of my realm. It's just these dudes who have to be right about fucking everything and it's exhausting. A a longtime contributor to my site, Richard Wade, who is... um, done a lot of therapy and stuff like as a therapist Uh uh, who knows these types of things and his he's always a voice of reason for me he wrote this that i really appreciated uh mr dawkins ended his thick skulled statement with the imperative discuss as if it's an assignment from a professor to his students Mm -hmm. instead of people discussing the issues he thinks he's raised about transgender people people are mainly discussing him and his frustrating and embarrassing tendency to keep sticking his foot in his mouth. Mm. That is the issue he really should examine. He's a good example of how our intelligence is never seamless or free from gaps and holes. Even brilliant people say and do stupid, ignorant, or insensitive things. And no matter how well-educated we are, there's always a need for shutting up and sitting down in the student's chair again. Unfortunately, fame often interferes with the humility with the humility needed to do that. That's who was that? That was very, Richard Wade. He's very awesome. good, Richard. That's a great. <sighs> All right. Wow. So. I got a different story for you. Back to bashing great. the people who typically deserve it. <laughs> um, so in West in, in Wyoming, mm-hmm. Wyoming is one of the worst states in the country when it comes (laughs) when it comes to uh suicide rates they have a very high suicide rate for young people um it's not just one of the highest suicide rates in the country in 2018 by one metric it was the worst it's also the only state without an in-state suicide prevention hotline interesting so like they need to deal with this. And this is, I'm sorry, like by percent of population, right? Yes, Because Wyoming per has capita. Like 14 people. Like yeah, this. yeah, yeah. And the rates are very high. Huh. And so, and, and this is a legislature that is overwhelmingly Republican, mm-hmm. there was a bill on the table of House Bill 62 that would have required public schools in the state, and I'm quoting here, to include suicide prevention instruction in a health and safety program. And that's pretty much all it said. It's kind of like we want the schools to make sure you include suicide prevention training Mm -hmm. in health class, however you want to do it, as long as you want to do it. We'll leave the details up to you, but we want to make sure you are helping students deal with these thoughts if they have them. And how do you deal with that? And it totally sensible bill. Mm-hmm. There's no reason anyone should oppose it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was discussed in a House Education Committee I'm in so January, about where this is going. <laughs> it passed on a six to three vote out of committee, which yeah. it passed. Also, why are three people against this? Under? But okay, it passed. So then the question is, it's now up for a vote by the state house. It failed, twenty five to thirty four, and it's like, why? Why would this bill fail? What's the controversy here? And not every, I mean, very few people are paying attention to state politics, much less state politics in Wyoming. Right. So you're not going to get a statement yeah. out of all of these lawmakers saying, here's why I voted this way. But there is video during the, the discussion about this bill. And one of the lawmakers who voted against the bill and offered his opinion as to why mm-hmm. he didn't want to vote for it was a guy, state rep, his name is John Bear, spelled exactly as you would think. And here I'm going to read you what he said as to why he's against this bill. In one classroom of the school, we are currently teaching the students that they evolved and that we come from chance. So we're teaching evolution. 
And so in another classroom, and especially if this particular bill passes, we will be teaching them, as we should, that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that we do not want them to take their life, that we want them around. Well, I just ask you to think about when an adolescent mind is in the pit of despair for whatever reason, which of those two things are they going to go with? Which of these, those two truths that we have taught them and we have expected our teachers to teach them, which of the two will they go with? Unquote. And if I may paraphrase Please, that. I have no idea what you said. We're teaching them suicide prevention if this bill passes, uh-huh. which is a good thing. Sure. But in another classroom, we are telling our teachers you must teach evolution and that you are made from chance and there is no God and you're oh. just nothing and your life has no meaning. We're teaching them polar opposite things, and that is confusing to these kids. So if you really want to help these kids, he argued, you don't need the suicide prevention training. What you need is to stop teaching them evolution and basically teach them creationism and that God wants to save their lives because they have meaning. Um, that gave and- me a stress headache, like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give you even one. Oh, by the Ugh. way, he added... Uh, he later posted a video on Facebook saying 10 votes turned on my testimony saying he's responsible for 10 votes, which mm-hmm. would have been enough to make this bill fail. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can verify that. I don't know who the 10 people are, but that's what he says. Um, the idea that evolution is teaching kids they don't matter or that God doesn't exist is, is a complete misunderstanding of how evolution is taught and what evolution is. For, so he's wrong about that. And that's that. kind of thing they've been saying for forever oh yeah old creationist talking yeah yeah. um here's the weirdest thing about this not only is that a batshit crazy thing to say this guy his own son died of suicide a decade ago he knows what that feels like that tragedy he is the one person who ought to say i've experienced this it's horrible i don't want any family to go through what i went through but he's the one making it more likely that more families will go through that tragedy. Oof, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, um, that sucks. I Fuck that guy. Someone responded to that Facebook video saying, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he defended his move on Facebook. Here's what he said. Um, and this is spelling out what he implied in that thing. I'm not going to read all of this. It's long. But he said, I state that the schools are teaching evolution, a concept that is incongruent with life having meaning and purpose. No. Um, if we are here simply due to chance, then there is no hope, no purpose for going on, dot, dot, dot. As we have removed God from society, suicides have increased, which is not... It's correlation, causation, fallacy. Oh, You're wrong. Yeah. That's not how anything works. One, I should say, one Democrat, like one of the only Democrats in Wyoming, because there's only like three people in Wyoming, uh-huh. uh, pointed out after he said that, uh, this is House Minority uh, Floor Leader Kathy Connolly. She said, well, not all young people attend church mm-hmm. if you're worried about that, like they need Jesus in their life. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do And for also, the you pe- can't legislate kids to find Jesus if they're feeling <laughs> sad. Yeah, and she said kids testified in front of their committees, like, that they wished they knew what to do. If oh. they knew what to do, they may have behaved differently. They might have saved a life. She's saying, look, you have kids who spoke to us saying, 
this is a good thing. You need the suicide prevention training in the classroom because we've gone through this. We thankfully didn't take our lives. But you know what? Having this taught to us could have made a difference in how we reacted. And he didn't care about any of that. I mean, it's... I'm sorry. I need to add this because I forgot to. All of this happened, I should say, in February. And under the radar, I never heard about it. Uh Uh, under the radar for me. The only reason I heard about it is because a reporter at a site called WYO File, Y-O File, mm-hmm. covering Wyoming politics, oh. Carrie Drake, basically wrote about how much frustration there was at the end of the legislative session because nothing got done sure. at a time when things should have gotten done. And this is one of the things they failed to deliver on. Yeah. And it's kind of the same idea as that they that the right wing does with pregnancies, unwanted pregnancies, of, like, the best thing, and, God, fucking school shootings, too. Their best ideas is, like, hey, guys, don't do that. And if that doesn't work, they have literally nothing. Yeah. And it's, I I shouldn't be shocked that they have the same idea of, like, oh, are you feeling suicidal? Have you tried feeling less sad? <laughs> because that's, that worked for me, you know? Like, it's it's all the same bullshit. It's, it's ugh. It's These people are costing lives. Um... Let's talk. I have a happier story. Oh, God. Kind of, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's not happy. <laughs> I'm debating which one. I, let's do the happy story first. Okay. I learned a new way to read the Bible this week that I had not thought about before. Are there multiple ways to read a Bible? There is. Okay. And now I want to, I will never not think of it this way. If you read every story in the Bible as if it's a Florida man headline, <laughs> everything makes sense. That's very good. And on Reddit, someone said, "What? tell me stories of the Bible as if they were Florida man headlines. Um, disoriented Florida man found on the beach claims to have spent the last three days in the stomach of a large fish. <laughs> Florida, Florida man caught with bag containing 204 skins of men from his neighboring community. Reports indicate this is the same individual who killed local heavyweight celebrity by flinging a pebble at his head several (laughs) years ago as a teen. Can I do one? Yes. Florida man curses a tree for not providing fruit out of season. (laughs) Florida women fight over baby until Florida man threatens to cut it in half. (laughs) That's very good. Florida man claims superhuman strength until Florida woman cuts off his mullet. (laughs) It's just all the Bible stories now make sense. Very good. I love it. That's great. Um, Do you remember that for a while uh, we talked about this pastor? uh, We talked about this pastor named Stuart Allen Clark. He was from Malden, Missouri, ran a place called First General Baptist Church. And this guy went viral about uh, six weeks ago. Do you remember his sermon? Was he the one about how he wanted to fuck one of the Trumps? Close. He said, you know, he wanted women to lose weight to prevent their husbands from straying. Sure. And then he said, you should all be like Melania, the perfect woman, a trophy wife, whose husband, by the way, strayed repeatedly, and we all know this. Multiple times, like literally while she was giving birth to her child, whatever. He also said women, quote, don't need to look like a butch. And he also said a friend of his has put a divorce weight on his wife, if she ever hits it. Um, so anyway, that was Wait, one hold sermon. On. I, you need to give me a second to be yes. mad about that again. Yes. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so he made that sermon. That was the week after Valentine's Day, because he's a romantic. I found out that two years ago, 
he gave a similar sermon. Like, this is not a new thing for him. He said basically a lot of the same stuff in 2018. He said, like, physical beauty is within the reach of every woman, by which he means skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a very set notion of what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm Again, I would never pick on this guy's looks. He's not one to talk necessarily. Yeah, I mean... That's the thing. It's is like, the hypocrisy here. Right. Women need to lose weight. Now let me oh keep talking. Um, so anyway, this guy gave the sermon. I I posted one clip, but there was also clips floating online. The story goes viral really quickly. Sure. And what amazed me is the reaction to this from the church. Because they shut their shit down faster than I've ever seen any church after a pastor says something stupid. So, n- not like a church system, like this particular church that he preaches at? Yes. Interesting. Here's what happened. Like, I I posted about this dude, like, March 2nd, okay. I think. Um, I need to double check. Again, sermon was on February 21st. Um, this guy, I posted, I think, about it on the 1st of March. Uh-huh. On March 2nd, the church's social media shut down. Huh. Twitter is locked. Their live streamed services on YouTube channel doesn't exist. Vimeo's archives taken down. On their website, they put up a brief statement from the Deacon Ministry team, the church's leaders, saying, as of March 2nd, 2021, Pastor Stuart Allen Clark has taken a leave of absence and is seeking professional counseling. Interesting and vague, kind of. Wait, like, and this is on the heels of a two-year-old sermon coming out? Well, and the the Melania one that okay. came out that week. Oh, I no see. one was paying attention to the one two years ago. It's gotcha. like, haha, that's our pastor. But, and then we see a trend. But when you see the trend, yeah, that's what they were responding to. But also, like, so that was the last time we talked about him. After he said he was going into professional counseling, mm-hmm. and the questions I wanted to know are like, one, a leave of absence is fine. But not if it's just trying to avoid the tidal wave of backlash. Wait till everything dies down and then get back into the same thing. Like if he just has the same sexist beliefs, then we still got a problem. And I'm curious to know how his beliefs differ from the church. Yeah, exactly. Is it that he said something that they don't believe in or is it he said the quiet part out loud as they keep doing? That was another question. Like, okay, it's a leave of absence, but at some point if he comes back or someone replaces him... Is the problem that he delivered this inarticulately or that he expressed a view the church is fine with? And also, if you're seeing a professional counselor, I want to know if it's a Christian counselor who says, look, I know what you're saying is biblically accurate, but you got to say it nicer. Yeah. Versus a real counselor who actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, I'm very, very, very supportive of people finding therapy. But in things like this, it feels a little like, oh, we're just going to get you an appointment with Frank, this guy who's a friend of my brother's who does therapy and he'll sign off your thing. Be like, oh, he's super sane. We've seen churches that have pastors who um, get accused of sexual misconduct or whatever, but it's a church sponsored investigator that looks into it. Yeah. And it's like, these are not reliable. There are ways to do it Mm -hmm. within the church system that are more reliable, but they weren't going those routes. Like, so again, those questions were unanswered. I have sent them emails and tweets. They did not respond to me. (laughs) Um, but whatever, like, what are you going to do here? So for six weeks now, I mean, it's been six weeks since that happened. Yeah. And they've been radio silent ever since. Here's how radio silent they were in addition to shutting down all their social media. There's a hashtag they use for their church. Like, so if you attend a service or an event, people will be like, yeah, I'm at church service. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Hashtag whatever. I I won't say it here because whatever. I don't want to spam them or something. 
no one was using that hashtag anymore. I don't, I don't know if it's because they weren't told about it or they were told, like, don't use this because yeah. people are watching or if they just weren't doing anything. They didn't have Wait, did any. Did they have services? I don't know. Because huh. they weren't putting them online. Maybe they were and quietly and not streaming them. Tell Maybe me again where this is. This is Malden, Missouri. Missouri. It's possible that people at the church were told, why don't you go to our neighboring churches for a little while till this dies down? Or we're staying off social media. So if you do come to church, yeah. don't tweet don't about, about it. Don't tweet about it. Don't tweet it. So I've been going back to their website in all these places. I have it linked. It's in my bookmarks. Like I check it every day. Like, <laughs> like I want to know at some point they're coming back. Like you're checking COVID numbers yeah. and this every day. <laughs> and there's no update because like you, they don't give you an update when the YouTube channel returns. So I'm just clicking on their website and there's been no change on the site Do you for know, six weeks. <clears throat> how much do you know about the church? Like are there many pastors is there a hierarchy He's, or is it like a small church that was essentially just small him? church it's just him there is a small leadership this is the deacons okay. but they belong to the general first baptist ministry which is an umbrella organization which basically put out a statement that day hmm. and when this all went viral and said like we oppose what he said we're looking into whatever yeah. then they haven't said anything since um so anyway last night they update the website for Ooh. the first time and i'm like where I didn't get the memo, but okay. <laughs> it's a long statement from Stuart Allen Clark and a separate statement from the deacons. Huh. And the, here's the relevant part of what Stuart Allen Clark says. And again, you decide what to make of this. On Sunday, February 21st, 2021, I delivered a sermon about men's needs in the marital relationship. In the sermon, I made insensitive remarks about women and made statements deemed unbiblical. Yep. To the ladies within the church, ladies in the community, and those viewing our live stream, I want to say I am deeply sorry for any and all pain or distress that my words brought on you. I'm sorry if you felt bad. Uh I'm not sorry. Okay. I want to say to the church that I'm truly sorry that I embarrassed you. I have no one else to blame but myself, and I own the hurt I have caused to both people inside and outside the community. Dot, dot, dot. I am meeting regularly with a professional counselor. Mm -hmm. I have secured an accountability partner, Mm -hmm. and we are and will continue to meet regularly. I recognize and understand that what I said was imprudent and discourteous. Dot, dot, dot. Whatever. Discourteous is a very gentle word. Yeah, he's not apologizing exactly for the sentiment. Yeah. And so, and I don't know who he's meeting with. I don't need a name. I'm not trying to harass the dude, but I don't know what type of counselor he's meeting with. Yeah. Um, but also, it doesn't say that he's quitting. It doesn't say oh. I'm not going to be pastor of this church. Yeah, absolutely. He's not going to quit. Um, Are you kidding? Yeah. And then the deacon's statement, which is also long, which basically says, we bear the blame for not offering our pastor counsel, correction, and restoration when errors or inappropriate content was presented. Um, That's an okay apology. Y- yes, if I, I would have felt that way. If it was just that one sermon. Sure. But the fact that this has been going on for two years and no one in that church was like, maybe you shouldn't say this. Yeah, yeah. And again, they took down their archives. But I guess how many other times was this guy? I guess when I say it's an okay apology, it's just they're taking some responsibility for their part of what happened, which is more than this guy did. Well, here's the next part of what they said. We are called to model Christ's love through forgiveness and restoration toward our pastor which I think is Christianese for this guy's coming back. Yeah. And we support this guy coming back. Right. They didn't put a date on that. 
But it sounds like he's coming back to the pulpit, and like, they're setting he, the stage for live streaming this stuff again. What's he going to have to do to prove that he's better? Yeah. I, We're like, actually, now I'm into curvy women. Or like, <laughs> like genuinely, like... Yeah, I don't know nothing, what you do. It's not like he is sick or is, like, in a conspiracy hole. He just has shitty opinions, and those generally are not something that you're going to counsel yourself out of if you're not making the putting the work in not in six weeks when <laughs> you've been covered in the new york times the daily mail and plenty of national right. news services beyond that so right. i don't know i wanted to give that update because we talked about this dude but i have no idea what's gonna happen interesting he's he'll be back he'll be back yeah how how that'll sound who knows um, I got a fun one for you here. Great. There is a pastor, Greg Farrington, who I've covered on the site a little bit. He's He runs Destiny Church in Rockland, California. He's he's one of those COVID-denying, we got to meet as a church in person, no matter uh-huh. COVID. His wife once said face masks are meant to shut the mouth of Christians. Um, and he wow, says they make everything about themselves. It's huh? all persecution all the time. Mm-hmm. By the way, multiple churchgoers have tested positive for COVID. Shock. Um, he also blamed church closures on liberal crazies and Satan. That's, oh. that's this guy. So anyway, during a sermon last weekend, here's what he was. He was trying to make the point that, you know, God keeps records of everything you do. And one day we're all going to stand in front of him and give an account. And that, let me quote here. Even you, friendly atheist. <laughs> <laughs> one day, even though you don't believe in God, you will stand in front of the God that you don't believe in and you will have to give an account. And he's pointing at the screen as he does this. Like, he Wait, knows. Wait, capital F, capital A, or just... I'm transcribing, but that's what it sounded like. You're famous. I don't know if he was like just a, g- a generic yeah, friendly atheist Yeah, I'm sure he's generic, me. but I really like this. But he knows I write about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in oh, his head, heavens. living rent-free, baby. <laughs> God's going to be so mad. When I know. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> um, here's another happier story for you. But um, as with all stories, it comes from a sad place. Mm. Um, a couple years ago, the town of Krasnik in Poland, oh. they Poland's a very right wing conservative country. It has a right wing government mm-hmm. and it's super Catholic yep. and anti-abortion and, and all the stuff you would expect. And a couple of years ago, it was open season against LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. And so Krasnik, a couple of years ago, decided we're going to declare our town free of LGBT, whatever that means. Russia tried to do this in 2016, <laughs> and it didn't work then either. Yeah, I don't like how can you be free? First, they exist, whether yeah. you like it or not. But also, like, what are right. you banning the ideology? <laughs> Are you like what people can't think about? What does that mean? Oh, it, um, it means nothing. People were like, so it's a blanket ban on gay people living in your town, and they're like, no, that's I don't not what it means. Ban? They're just not here. I don't ban polar bears from my house. They just don't live here. <laughs> and they were just like, no, they're just not. We don't. We don't want it in our town. Well, anyway, the New York Times reported this week that the mayor of Krasnik is like, hey, can we have backsies on that? <laughs> Um, I'll quote from the article from uh, Andrew Higgins of the New York Times. A French town last year severed a partnership with Krasnik in protest. And Norway, from which the mayor had hoped to get nearly $10 million starting this year to finance development projects, said in September it would not give grants to any Polish town that declared itself free of LGBT. Here's the mayor, Mayor uh, Wojciech Wilk. We have become Europe's laughingstock. 
And it's the citizens, not the local politicians, who've suffered most. Basically, young people don't want to live there. Yeah. And they're all leaving. Yeah. (laughs) And he said, Krasnick's mayor says, uh, unless we get rid of this free of LGBT position, he has little (laughs) chance of securing foreign funds to finance electric buses and youth programs, which he said are particularly important because young people keep leaving. Oh my God, they fucked this up so hard. And they're realizing it. And like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? I don't know. Again, I I mean, did they think it would become like a straights only safe haven? Like it's (laughs) sandals for straights? Like Like, Alabama, I think, has gone through this. Georgia's going through it now with their racist voter suppression laws. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, you think everyone's just going to be cool? No, Will Smith is the voice of reason all of a sudden. Like, I'm not going to film my movie in Georgia. Right, right, right. When Major League Baseball is like, we're going to take the moral high ground here. Yeah, and I don't like the to All-Star look, game. I don't look to the MLB for like my moral superiority. So this is not a, sexu- a situation I'm comfortable in, but good for them. Yeah. Um, so I good. I'm glad they recognize it. There's no sign they're going to change it because yeah. the mayor is speaking, but the city council is not. Sure. Like, so who knows what's going to happen? Did you hear? I think McConnell said something about moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta is going to harm black people as if he gives a fuck. <laughs> like, oh, this yeah. monster. I hate that guy. Um. This is a story from the Mormon church, which has notoriously kicked out people over the years who are popular and questioned them. Yes. And it's happening right now. The person caught in the the fire here is uh, Natasha Helfer. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a practicing Mormon. She's a convert. She wasn't always a Mormon, but she became a Mormon. She loves being a Mormon. And the thing about her practice, though, being a licensed marriage and family therapist, is she's been really outspoken about wanting to provide comprehensive and accurate sex education for practicing Mormons because she believes they don't learn this stuff Mm -hmm. in church. Like, it's one of those, you're supposed to be abstinent until marriage. And um, they don't teach you about, they don't, the Mormon church is anti-gay. Like, they oppose gay marriage. Mm -hmm. They oppose marriage equality. They oppose trans people. And she's like, no, but there's nothing wrong with being gay. And I want to teach that to you. And whatever. Like, she she would argue her teaching does not go against the teachings of the church. Because she's not saying, yeah, I, like, you should be, um, actually, I take that back. She does support marriage equality. But that doesn't mean the Mormon church has to support those marriages necessarily. But what is Mormons, the Mormon church's anti-LGBTQ stance based off of? Similar, I think, to the Catholic church as well, which is just, this is wrong and we feel icky about it. Okay, so, um, it's, not, so it's not like John Smith. John Smith? No, not even close. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. That certainly was close. It's like <laughs> Joseph Smith like brought out those those tablets and was like, "Oh my God, he said God hates facts. I can't believe it." You're asking it. me to give you specifics on the Mormon teachings, and I'm going to screw that up. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. But here's what the here's the letter they sent to her after years of being very outspoken on this issue. They uh-huh. sent her a letter recently that basically says we need to talk, oh, and that is the Mormon way of saying this is the first step on the road to kicking you out for good, right? Excommunicating you. They boil down here are the five problems we have with what you're doing okay uh one you support marriage equality but that's not weird there's a lot of mormons who support marriage equality and oppose the catholic church's teachings on that subject Uh like usually even the mormon church is like 
fine, we're not going to be mad unless you act on it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, just supporting marriage equality under the law, that's not weird. Right. So it doesn't make sense that that's what they're mad about. Number two, she says masturbation is normal and healthy and not a sin mm. because those are the best practices right. of her professional career, like her profession, Ugh. which is true. And the Mormon church doesn't teach that. And she's like, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with it. And it's fine. Like, you are not weird if you think right. you feel good. Like, she teaches that. Yeah. And the Mormon church is like, how could you do that? So that's number two. Number three, she doesn't oppose sexually explicit materials. So she says, look, addiction may be one thing. But, like, if you watch porn, that's not the weirdest thing in the world. Right. And they're like, how dare you say that? Again, in line with the best practices and academic research in her profession. Right. She, uh, she's been critical of church leaders, which join the freaking yeah, club. <laughs> me too. Um, like, what do, you, what do you expect? And then number five, they said she's urging people to leave the Mormon church, which she denies. She's like, I want to stay in the church. Why yeah. would I be telling people to leave? But she does t- teach people like, look, you got to choose your own path and sure. do what's right for you. So anyway, they send her a letter saying, we want to we wanna have a talk about this. That talk is coming, like, I think next week. Ooh. And again, she doesn't want to leave. She's, it's one thing if she was trying to lead a movement out of the church. Right. She's not. She's like, she's, I want to stay. And I don't think teaching you good therapy, good practices right. um, should be against what God teaches. I respect her a lot for trying. She clearly has a lot of love for the Mormon church. And I really respect that she is trying to improve it from within. Yeah. And I, I have all my fingers and toes crossed that she makes some leeway, but like, I know there's a lot of atheists who hear this and they're just like, get the hell out. Get like, why are you trying to stay in the church that supports all these awful things? But again, I think that's the wrong framing here. If you're an atheist, I think the thinking is here's someone who does believe Mm -hmm. and she wants to stay in the church and she is also a science person. Right. And she doesn't see there there she doesn't see any incompatibility. Right. Francis Collins, who runs the National Institutes right. of Health, same sort of thing. Like he's an evangelical Christian and he's also a really fine scientist, mm-hmm. all things considered. Right. Like, I want that guy. If he's gonna be a Christian, fine, debate aside. Like, I want that guy right. there because he's trying to figure out a way to get more evangelicals to support science, Mm -hmm. and he's the guy they'll listen to, maybe. Right. So again, I think by telling her, by maybe kicking her out of the church, I feel like the Mormon church is doing everything it can to push more people out. Of course. They could easily say, look, we welcome you in our fold, Mm -hmm. and whatever, our church's teachings are different from your professional ones, but you know what? We want to keep you here. They could have said nothing. Instead, they're going to... Drive people out. It really does drive me crazy that, like, they act like they're doing a favor. Like, oh, like the Catholic Church. Like, oh, you can be gay if you want to go to our church. You just can't talk about it or act on it or live that way or anything else. But we welcome you with open arms. (laughs) With big, quote, hands. Yeah, exactly. Um, Here's a a quick one that's gotten no attention yet, but this just happened this week, too. I'll tell you a story here. In 2017, a guy named Rafael Sanchez began working for L'Oreal, the the makeup company. And basically his job was to go to department stores, retail stores, uh, go to the makeup counter. Mm -hmm. And if customers came and they wanted to know, like, how does this look or what should I buy? He did the demonstrations. He worked with them to Mm -hmm. figure out what makeup would look good on them. 
Um, as far as I can tell, that he's right for the job. He likes the job. He right. wanted to do it all. Was good. Um, in 2018, early 2018, L'Oreal, the company, or at least the subcontractor they hired where they got this guy from, told him, we need you to go to the department store, Lord & Taylor. You're going to work mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. do the makeup counter there. And his supervisor was a woman named Viviana Nunez. And basically, under her supervision, and he was under her supervision at a variety of places for the next several months, mm-hmm. basically all of his colleagues were like, oh, watch out for her. She proselytizes. Uh-oh. She's a preachy sort of person. And he's a gay atheist. Oh, and he's no. like, I can handle it. I've yeah. been through this before. But this week he filed a federal lawsuit against L'Oreal, basically saying she kept trying to convert me, uh-huh. preach to me. I told you about it. You did nothing. Huh. And it, was, it got bad. And here's an example of what I mean. Um, during the, uh, this is from the lawsuit directly. During the first few days of a pop-up store mm-hmm. opening, Nunez asked him, do you believe in God? When he responded that he was an atheist, she began proselytizing Christianity to him. Nunez repeatedly cited passages from the Bible to the plaintiff, <laughs> demanding that he start going to church with her and instructed him that he needed to repent for his sins. Oh, Jesus. Dot, dot, dot. Later on, Nunez, this is later in the lawsuit, she found out he was gay and HIV positive, mm. to which she says she responded that having HIV mean, meant that plaintiff had been, quote, a little whore and, quote, <gasps> promiscuous as a gay man. And then later on, I must, she says, I must be honest with you. Your homosexuality is a virus. You know your homosexuality is a virus. And they would have to, quote, uh, they would, quote, have to work around it by maybe having him marry a woman. <gasps> like, it gets worse. She starts calling him slurs against gay people. No. Like, and again, he calls L'Oreal multiple times. They never get Ugh. back to him. He filed a lawsuit against them. Good we'll see. Him. We'll see what happens here. I don't know how this plays out. This is in New York City where the lawsuit is filed. You remember like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a pagan employee at Panera Bread who said, as I wasn't talking about yes. it, but when I, when my colleagues, my bosses found out I was pagan, mm-hmm. they started doing the same thing. Right. And we're still waiting for an update on her case. This is the sort of thing you would think in New York City, of all places, an openly gay person, an open atheist wouldn't have to deal with this stuff. But again, this is the reality for so many people. Um, That's frustrating. Yeah, that's it. It's just frustrating. Yeah, I'm really glad he's he's filing a lawsuit. That's that's a great, great stuff. This one made me laugh. Uh, The MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell. He is creating an alternative to Twitter because this is what conservative Christians do when something is popular. We'll uh-huh. create a shitty alternative version Correct. that becomes an echo chamber. By the way, it was supposed to launch this week. Oh. It did not launch this week. What's it called? Frank. That's it? Oh, I thought you were going to say Frank something. <laughs> it's called Frank? It's called Frank. I think the website is frankspeech.com or something. It's called Frank because... It's all about free speech. We're all, we're all frank here with each other. Um, so his whole thing is Twitter censors conservatives, yeah. which it does not. It does not. Um, and he's like, but my Twitter will be all about free speech. And then during an interview, they were like, wow, free speech. And here's what he says. Um, people ask me, you're, you're going to let everything go? Porn? Swearing? Everything? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> dot 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 get this this judeo-christian platform we're gonna have here they go by biblical principles you will not you're not gonna be able to swear 
There will be four words for sure you can't say. You can't say the C word, the N word, the F word, and you can't use God's name in vain. Oh. (laughs) The C word, the N word is a surprise in that. I like that he had to say that because otherwise it totally would have happened. Oh, 100%. C word, N word, F word, F slur. And you can't say goddamn. Huh. All right. So you can't criticize his personal brand of mythology. And also, you can't swear. But but you can say shit, but not cunt? Yeah, and I think if you want to call, like, Joe Biden, like, a terrorist, you would get away with that. That's fine. That's what he means by free speech. If you want to say Trump won the election, that's fine. That's free speech also. But don't you dare criticize God. Um, Speaking of free speech, just really quick sidebar. Did you see the uh, Jim Jeffries? Jeffries? Who was yelling at the um, Ohio senator who was yelling at Fauci today? Jim Jordan. <laughs> Jim Jordan, yeah. Did you did you happen to see that? I did catch that. That was last night, wasn't it? I don't I just saw it this morning. And yeah. literally he was just screaming at Dr. Fauci about how Dr. Fauci personally destroyed the First Amendment in the United States. And Dr. Fauci was just, he's like, nobody in Ohio could go to each other's houses. And he was like, no, we never said it. it was just a CDC recommendation. He's like, but church though, it was bad. Yeah. And Maxine Water told him to shut the hell up or shut his mouth or something like that. It was great. Anytime anyone's telling Jim Jordan to shut up is, oh, it's is a, a good, good thing. Day. Oh, speaking of which, I don't even have this in my notes because it was just silly. Pat Robertson, of all people, is, is the guy. Cub. Yeah, like of all the things you expect Pat Robertson to get right. And I should say, he has previously said incarcerating people over marijuana use is stupid. Uh-huh. He has said young earth creationism is stupid. Uh-huh. Like every couple of years he says something and you're like, wait, what? His hit rate is low, but it's not zero. <laughs> right. And so this week he's like, this is a gun. This is a taser. They're different. They feel different. They look different. They're how do different you not know the body? How do you not know the difference? And he's like, I'm not anti-cop, but seriously, cop, what are you thinking? That, yeah. <sighs> and I believe uh, uh, W. Kamau Bell is like, when did Pat Robertson become woke? No kidding. Yeah, he's like the definition of a broken clock. I just say, if you watch the full episode of The 700 Club from this week, uh-huh. like, he says other crazy shit later in the same episode. Sure, 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 sure. As you would expect, but yeah, on that one we're not welcoming him into our particular fold, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do, do your work, Pat. It's one of those, he's not the voice of reason, no, but no, no. he was a voice of reason for like 37 seconds, and you take what you can get with yeah, him. Yep, yep. He's 91 years old. God. <laughs> Still I can't kicking. Can't still kicking. Still How kicking. often is, is 700 Club once a month or once a week rather? Every damn day. Isn't it really? He Every doesn't day? appear on Friday and he sometimes takes some weeks off, but like he's there. Genuinely, we've been recording for an hour, and I'm I watch it every day. And on Tuesday, it was just an hour of people asking him questions and him just talking. And he always has horrible answers. And some of them are just weird. Uh, And you're like, why, if you have a question, would you ask Pat Robertson for advice? And then you realize, oh, right, there are this many people who genuinely want their advice from Pat Robertson. That's wild. Um, Here's here's one from Iowa. This was surprising to me, too. Iowa's governor is Kim Reynolds. She's awful on COVID. She is Republican. She's everything you would expect from a right-wing governor. Mm -hmm. Um... But it turns out uh, this week there was a fundraiser, was it this week? Maybe this month. But there was a fundraiser for the Des Moines Christian School, a specific place. She's been a fan of it for a while. 
And basically, they ask people, can you make a donation of some kind that we can auction off to raise money for the school? And mm-hmm. that's fine. There's nothing wrong with this that. Is it public school or private school? Private school. Okay. Private Christian school. Kim Reynolds donated a dinner with her. Which is fine. That's a thing celebrities, you know, political celebrities I included. I don't know who Kim, Kim Reynolds is. I think I might have zoned out from a governor, part of this. Governor oh, okay. of Iowa. Thank you. Sorry. She auctioned off a dinner with herself and her husband. Cool. It would be for eight people. Figured right. that will go for some money. I mean, and you know what? If she did it as a private citizen, it's dinner at her house, whatever. Mm. Okay, fine. But it's dinner with her and her husband at the governor's mansion. Mm. And she's saying, like, when they advertise this, it's dinner with the governor, not Kim Reynolds, the private citizen who likes what we do. uh So it's literally like a donating a state location. Sure, a state event. At a state event with the state official. Again, that's the issue here. This is, she's doing this in her professional capacity, not her private capacity. Um, And again, questions, there's so many questions that come up. One is, who's paying for the food? Yeah. What about the staffing costs when you're at the governor's mansion? Like, is our taxpayers paying for that? Sounds or like is... Iowa's putting the bill. Yeah. Um, the Freedom from Religion Foundation sent a letter to the office basically <laughs> saying you can't use your position as governor or the mansion to fundraise for a private religious school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what could happen. I don't know what you can do about this at this point unless yeah. people want to fight about it. But again, it's like the bare minimum. And she still won't do it. By the way, that auction was won uh, for $30,100. All going to that Christian school tax-free. Huh. Welp. Yeah. I got do one. Do you think anyone would pay $30,000 to have dinner with us? Um, they should. Uh-huh. They should just give 30000 a month on Patreon. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, and Listen, I will give... send them what they want for dinner. Mm, if you give us $30,000 a month... I, once a month, I will show up at your house and cook you dinner. And guess what? I'm a really fucking good cook. And if you give $50,000, she won't. <laughs> I'm a very good cook, okay? I'm very talented. <laughs> I got one last one for you. This okay. I'll end it on a happy note. Yeah. Um, Professor Ryan uh, P. Burge, who's awesome on statistics and gathering data, he tweeted something out this week that I found interesting. And it actually, uh, similar to 2018, but I hadn't seen this back then. If you ask people what are the largest religious voting blocks in the United States, as a proportion not of like 80% of white evangelicals voted for Republican, that's the number we're kind of used to seeing. Sure, sure, sure. But like as a percentage of America, like oh, I see. I'll give you this. White evangelicals who vote Republican mm-hmm. represent 13.1% of America. 13.1% of America are white evangelicals who vote for Republicans. And every law we pass, we have to run by those nerds. Yeah, but you know what's higher than 13.1% as a single block? Non-religious Democrats. No. Yeah, if you add up the 4.8% of atheist Democrats and the 3.8% of agnostic Democrats and the 9% of nuns Uh who are Democrats, you get a number that is higher than 13.1%. Um, what is it? 17 something? I didn't add it. 17.6% if you add those all up. Um, non-religious now Democrat. again, okay. those are just Democrats uh-huh. who are non-religious. Like there's more of us than them. But the thing is they are a solid block. Like Correct. those 13.1% of white evangelical Republicans, yes. they show the hell up on election day. Yes. We are, we don't even like each other. We're pretty busy getting in Twitter wars with <laughs> yeah. each other. It takes up a lot of our day. So the question is, how do you corral these democratic nuns 
and actually do something with it. But the takeaway for me is that if you're a Democrat, we are the largest voting block, Mm -hmm. if you want to call us a religion, which Mm -hmm. is philosophically a no. But if you want to call us a religion, we are the biggest block for you. Like Hmm. um, mainline Protestants who are Democrats are (laughs) 4.5%. 2.8% of white evangelical Democrats. Those are all small potatoes. We are almost a fifth of your entire base here, the nuns. And I, Democratic candidates don't have to say atheism rules. No, but they could easily say, I support church-state separation. Sure. I'm going to make policy based on the best available scientific data. Mm-hmm. And the re- like. I'll use science and reason to guide my path forward. That is a winning message. And that doesn't even necessarily offset white evangelicals. Yeah, I, I do think... Or offend them. Or The, the problem with, with that is... White evangelicals are kind of a top-down organization, and so it's a little bit easier. You can go to, to church. You could find them. You can get them to vote for you. Right, and you can disseminate a message pretty easily if you're talking church leadership and say, "Okay, this week we're all going to talk about how immigrants are destroying yeah. America." What are they going to do? Hey, Richard Dawkins, we need you to tweet right. out a support for us, right. and everyone's like, "Screw you and your candidates." Yeah, we are both ornery and. Like herding cats. Like, it's not... Gathering us together is not a particularly easy feat. Yeah. So that's the existential challenge when it comes to atheists and politics, which is how do you reach us, even if we're on your side? Mm -hmm. But again, like, I'm not even saying they need to reach out to us per se, other than just talk about this stuff on the yes, trail. Yes. Um, you could easily, if you're non-religious, it's, you don't, I can understand strategically. It might be bad to say that depending on where you're trying to get votes. Mm-hmm. But again, even Joe Biden can go on the campaign trail, include us mm-hmm. in the message, non-religious Americans, secular Americans, and talk about, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I am driven by the science. I support a woman's right to choose, yeah. which she has done. Mm-hmm. Um, I will overturn these things that give special access privilege to religious right groups. Mm-hmm. And he has done that. Like, those are not hard positions to sell, and they ought to appeal to people who are religious too. So this is a winning message. Um, and I should say, in 2018... Those numbers were pretty similar. It's actually gotten better for us. But uh, we're getting to the point where more and more people are not religious or swayed by religious arguments. And so these are... uh, Politicians should pay attention. And religion's been on the decline for the last 20 years. And eventually, politicians are going to have to figure out how their campaigns are going to look if they can't reliably preach to, forgive the pun, preach to the choir. Yeah. So. so that's all I got. Cool. Oh, well, so many fun. things. How do you feel? We're in person. I, it was nice. It's weird making eye contact with you. I, don't, I, I know. Don't think I liked it. I don't understand this being around other humans <laughs> thing. Um, hey, uh, if you are looking for something else to listen to, my interview with Tyler Meesom is up on the main feed. Um, he is a uh, documentarian who recently came out with the miniseries doc, um, Murder Among the Mormons, which was incredible i've gotten a few tweets from people who listen because i absolutely think you should listen watch the show before you listen to the podcast it will make very little sense if you don't because there's a lot of twists and turns and i've had a few really positive things like oh i was meaning to watch it and then i watched it so i could listen to this and i loved it i'm like yeah because it's very good he's very talented um so yeah you can find that on the main feed yep um where do we find you i am on twitter at jess bloomke um you can also find me on etsy at bitches get stitched done if you'd like to order something 
How about you? I am at FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to Twitter at Hammett Meta. Um, go to Patreon.com slash Podcast. Support the show. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.